Thank you guys for being with us this morning. It's exciting. We get a new year when we start right here at church. It's the best thing that we could ever do. Amen. And listen, uh, so we start the new year and, uh, you know, uh, I get to, to preach to you guys this morning. My name is Angel. I am the worship pastor here. So each and every Sunday, right, you guys see me up here and I'm singing and I'm leading everybody to worship and it's, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different. But uh, today I, I have a message for each and every single one of you guys. I don't believe in coincidence. Right? I've been serving God too long to, to, to believe in that. I know that you're here this morning because God wanted you here. He has a word for you. And my hope and my prayer is that he speaks directly to your life. He speaks directly to your situation. He speaks directly to your heart. That is my prayer. That is my hope this morning. But if it's not great, <laughs> if it's not good, if you don't go home like, man, you know, <laughs> I don't want you to worry if this is the first time you're here. Uh, the, the person that does this on a week-to-week basis will be back next week. All right, can we give God an applause for that? <laughs> Pastor Andrew, you know, he, uh, he's on vacation with his family, and, but I know he's watching, so... I might, you know, I need to, I can't say a whole lot, because <laughs> um, <laughs> he's watching, he's watching me. He'll let me know tomorrow. So if I'm not here next week, yeah, uh, <laughs> but guys, today we begin a new year, and there is something beautiful about a new year. So happy new year to every single one of you guys. Uh, what I love about the new year is that it says that the things that I did last year don't matter right? Like the goals that I failed at last year, it don't matter anymore. I get to begin a new journey. I get to have a new adventure this year. I start all over again. That is the beautiful thing about the new year. You know what else this sounds like? Sounds like when I give my life to Christ. The things that I did doesn't really matter anymore because his blood covers me. And it is because of Jesus that I get to start a new journey, that I get to start a new adventure. And, and it is the old things have passed away, right? I am made new, and I have this new adventure to go with Christ, and there's nothing better than start the new year with God. And who doesn't want to start the new year with God, right? I know I do. I need him more each and every day. Now, I have a, a message for you guys today, but before I go into it, before I, you know, tell you guys uh, to open your Bibles or, or, or open them or swipe up to them or whatever you young kids are doing on days, <laughs> I'm just dirty. I'm just playing. I do the same thing. <laughs> uh, I want to I tell you guys, I want to introduce myself. Uh, I know that, you know, what you know about me is, is a lot of you uh, just see me on a Sunday, Right? And, and, and the only thing you know about me is the Sunday thing, right? And then and, and you get to see me again the next Sunday. And so I want to introduce myself. I want to introduce my family. And then maybe, you know, after giving you a little glimpse of my life, then we could start a relationship and then, and then it goes past the Sunday. And you get to know me personally, right? That's, that's, that's the whole build of a relationship. So uh, my name is Angel, and that is my beautiful family there. Uh, I have two beautiful kids, and uh, my wife is sitting right here. Um, her name is Jenny. 
uh, well, we name, you know, her name is Janice, but we call her Jenny. And, uh, you know, last month in December, we turned 10 years of marriage together. Yeah. 10 years of marriage together. She has, that applause is for you because she has put up with me for 12 years. You know, that's, that's saying a lot. You know, that woman is stronger now than she was when we started. <laughs> but I'm, you know, I'm a hard cookie, right? I'm a hard deal with. You know, but she wanted this. You know, she wanted this. You know, so, you know, you get what you paid for, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that is me. That is my wife. That is my two beautiful kids. And, and I have my five-year-old, Lucas. Uh, he's the oldest. And, and our three-year-old, Levi, uh, you, you, you'll hear me calling him Levi. You'll hear me calling him Leo. Um, name is Levi Leonardo. And, and, you know, one thing about Levi is that he, his face is... It's just like my wife, right? He looks just like my wife. Uh, his hair, he's got that from me. And then the other thing he got that from me is his attitude. <laughs> oh, man. I, you know, I, now I could, I could apologize to my mom. Like, I'm sorry, mom. You know, I know I put you through some hard stuff when I was a kid. And that, that is my uh, young. And uh, they're two different. They're just different from each other. You have our oldest that was just, just quiet when he was little. Just very peaceful. It really didn't give us much trouble. You know, he has a, a speech impediment, so, so he, he didn't speak a whole lot when he was younger. Now, we just can't get him to hush. You know, he asks questions, you answer them, he still asks the question. He asks questions, you don't answer them, he still asks the questions, so it's a lose-lose situation with him. And there, our little one, you'll see him running around here. I think I've lost him at church three times already. It's just, I can't keep up with him. He just, he doesn't like to stop. And so that is, that is my, my family. Uh, you know, I, I've been part of this ministry for about six years, six, seven years. Started uh, with Pastor Andrew uh, in, in the Mint Hill community days. And, uh, you know, I've been here ever since, but for the past year, uh, went to help our uh, campus in Locust. So we were there for, for a whole year, and we saw God move, and God is still moving in such an amazing way. I mean, we saw that church grow from 80 people to 200 people in just the span of a year. And the things that God is doing in that community is amazing. And I am just privileged and honored to be part of that. That, I was, that, that, that God showed me something amazing through that season of my life. And uh, so we were there for a whole year. And, uh, you know, coming back to, to Matthews and, and the couple, you know, been here for about three months, it's, uh, there's a lot of new faces. It's a lot of new faces. So um, it feels good. And, and you know, I want to, again, get to know every single one of you guys. I came to Christ uh, when I was 13 years old. I grew up in church. Right, I grew up in church, but, but, you know, it's one of those things that you just come to church because your, your parents make you. My, my grandma made me. I mean, she, she, her punishment was, you're going to read the Bible today, you know, so, so great, grandma. Um, but, so I grew up in church, but I didn't really come to know Christ until I was 13 years old, right? little background there of myself is... Um, you know, didn't grow up in the best of situations, right? A, a father that wasn't home, a mother that wasn't there because she had to work, because she had, she had two jobs, she had to go to school, and she had to raise, you know, me. So my grandparents uh, brought me up, and, and so uh, it wasn't, financially wasn't great, 
right? It was a, a, a we were poor growing up, and, and I, I was born in Mexico, and it's not like you get assistance in Mexico. Like, <laughs> you're on your own. And so growing up poor and then, and then coming to the United States, and, and it was very similar situation. So my, my life, as, as, as I was kind of growing up, could tell you that I was what we call a statistic kid, right? Like I wasn't made to be out of prison after 18. Like, I, you know, statistics say that I should have been there because of where I grew up, because of the people that was around me. And the low-income community that I grew up, like, my mother wasn't there, so I had freedom to do whatever I wanted to. And that's not always because if you're going to be influenced, each and every single one of us are going to be influenced who you're influenced by, right? And we are called to this people. We are called to this community. And so that is, that is you know, at 18, they said I was supposed to be in prison, and, and, but I came to know Christ at the age of 13 years old. And uh, uh, at that time, uh, you know, and, 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 and I'm going to talk a little bit about this, and, and you know, I, I'm, I'm very emotional, so if you hear me, if you see me crying, um, just ignore it. But at the age of 14 years old, I came into ministry, and um, there's two people here that poured into my life. And they're one of the huge reasons as to why I'm here. Because they decided that they didn't want to get to know me just on a Sunday. They wanted to pour into my life after the fact. They wanted to pour into my life on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays, Saturdays. Sunday came and I already knew who they were. You know, Pastor Moises and Pastor Rosie, I've known them for a very long time. And back in those days, Pastor Rosie was in charge of a kid's ministry. And, and, and I was part of that kid's ministry. They took me under their wing and they said, you know, they, didn't, they decided that they weren't going to judge me based on what I looked like or my background or anything. They, they just took me under their wing and became that big brother, that big sister. And, and when I messed up, they were there. In the hard parts of my life, they were there. And, and they kept pouring into my life. And it started all in kids' ministry. So the, the next picture that you see is a picture of me and my son, uh, Lucas, and, and I'm, I'm holding a puppet, right? And, and I'm, I'm ministering to him. It was taken, and I didn't even realize when it was being taken, but it became one of my favorite pictures because the years that Moises and Rosie spent time in me, in kids' ministry, taught me how to minister to my kids. And now, when I speak to them, when I pray with them, when I use different things, that's how I minister to them. My kids pray each and every day, and they want to pray, and the methods that we use, and I hope that, you know, when I became a youth pastor, I hope that when they become teenagers, I use that same knowledge to pour into their lives. So, again, it took two people that invested time into me that, that, that they took time to get to know me, to pour into my life, to begin a relationship with me, to mentor me. They didn't see this kid that others uh, ignored. Many people thought that I wasn't going to go to many places. <laughs> and and they, they chose to not look at that. They chose to pour it into my life. And now I'm standing right in front of you. 
in, in, in a packed house doing something that if you would have told me at that age, I would have never believed you or would have run away from it if, I be, if I'm being honest. So the reason for my introduction is because I want you guys to get to know me to make a judgment, just a little bit of a little background story about me instead of kind of making those preloaded assumptions that we have about people or making a preloaded assumption about somebody just because you see them up here on each and every day, right? Each and every Sunday. Because how many of us could say that we have made a preloaded assumption about someone else? I, I, I have, right? Whatever I see about someone or whatever I hear, then I make a judgment based on that. I make a, a you know, I have some sort of um, thinking of what they can or cannot do. So now, if you have your Bibles, Let's go ahead and, and, and open them. Let's go ahead and turn them on. Let's go ahead and open that application and, and turn to Luke 24. We're going to be reading on this. Uh, and I'll give you guys a little bit of context on it here. Uh, and this, this happened to, this story is, is right after Jesus' resurrection. So we're going to see two disciples that, that are walking and talking along each other, and they just happen to, uh, to make their way to a city called Emmaus, right? So that's uh, verse 13 says, Now the same day two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up. And walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked them, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that had happened there in these days? Jesus replied, what things? I see as he didn't know. If you didn't know that Jesus has or God has a uh, sense of humor, this could tell you <laughs> what things. And they said, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, he was a prophet. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this sentence down. Powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. It continues, it says, the chief priests and, and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hope. We had hope that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. It's kind of like they lost their faith. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said. But they did not see Jesus. Now, the, the reason this story is so amazing to me is because it talks about two disciples who spent a lot of time with Jesus who suddenly are blind to his true identity. This reason, this, the, the reason this story is so good is because the story shows how Jesus' own followers could become blind to who he really is because of preloaded assumptions about him, about the Messiah. 
And what were these assumptions? Right? Jewish believers were waiting for the Messiah, a powerful king that would come and conquer. When Jesus died, it shattered all of that. It shattered that belief system. They, they had hope that Jesus' powerful words and deeds will give them victory over the Roman Empire, which at the time they were being oppressed by. So if this is the Messiah, right, and I'm walking along the, with the Messiah then he's the one that's going to deliver us, right? And then he dies. A king, what a king would do, right? If a king would have stepped on, stepped on he, would have, he would have come and conquer and destroy that whole empire. That is what I know of, to be a king, based on the history no one ever saw it coming when Jesus died on the cross. Although God had been talking about it since the beginning of time, no one ever saw it coming. Jesus came in presenting an upside-down kingdom. Where in order for you to gain your life, you first must lose it. And in order for you to be first... The Bible says that you have to be slaved to others. You have to be last. You have to serve. Amen. And if someone slaps you in the face, then we have to turn around and give them the other side. This is a powerful story because it talks about somebody that is walking right along Jesus but cannot see him. My question is, is that us this morning? Has that been us in this relationship? Where all the things that I know about Christ is the things that I've seen on Sunday. That Sunday is the only time where I get to spend time with him and, and then the rest of the week I forget about him. I don't see him. Or you a follower of Christ because your parents brought you, Right? Have we made preloaded assumptions about Christ because we haven't actually taken the time to know him? So what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? To truly see him, to truly know him. See, truly seeing Jesus means surrendering our most shared beliefs about the world, God, and ourselves, and allowing the cross and resurrection to, re to redefine reality for us. And, and whatever New Year's resolution I have, whatever goals that I have this year, I want you guys to remember to put surrender as top tier of whatever that happens. Right? Surrender is such an unpopular word. It is, it is right up there with submission. No one really likes surrender. We weren't taught to surrender. None of us. Right? We are growing up in a culture that says you must not give up. You must not give in. I'll tell you guys that uh, a couple weeks ago we had, a, we had our Christmas party, right? <laughs> and this is, this is funny because you see how competitive we could get. 
right? <laughs> like, if you were here that Wednesday, you need to come up to the altar and let's just pray for you this morning. Because <laughs> we could get, you know, surrender. I don't know her. What's her name? I don't. It's like we are not taught to surrender. We're not taught to give in. And I'm not going to call anybody out this morning, Billy. Uh, (laughs) I love Billy. Billy supported me that day. You guys thought that, you know, you guys put me against my boy Moises and thought we're going to put him. No, no, we tied. We tied. God has a bigger plan. (laughs) But in today's competitive nature, we're not taught to give up. We're not taught to give in. If, if winning is everything, surrendering is unthinkable. Surrendering to God is the only way that we could actually get to know him, though. So how do we begin in the right foot this year? How do we defeat our enemies this year? How do I defeat my temptations this year? It begins with surrendering to God. The story continues, and it talks about how they eventually were able to see God, but it It wasn't until they surrendered and humbled themselves that they did, that their eyes were open. So what does it mean to surrender? In Romans 12.1, the Apostle Paul writes, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. In this verse, the word surrender could be understood as presenting oneself to God as a living sacrifice. This means putting aside one's own desires and interests and instead dedicating oneself to serving and following God. It involves a willingness to be obedient to God's will and to live according to his principles, even if it requires sacrifice or discomfort. In the context of Romans 12, this call to surrender is part of a larger exhortation to the believers in Rome to present their bodies as a living sacrifice and to be transformed by the renewing of their minds. It is called to seek God's will and to be obedient to it rather than living according to the patterns of the world. Surrendering to God in this way involves a willingness to be obedient to his will and to follow him wholeheartedly even if it means sacrificing our own desires and plans. So I say again, you want to start goals this year. There's nothing better than surrendering to God. Surrendering is best demonstrated in obedience. C.S. Lewis said, the more we let God take us over, the more truly ourselves we become. Because he made us. He invented all the different people that you and I were intended to be. It is when I turn to Christ, when I give up myself to his personality, that I first begin to have a real personality of my own. The supreme example of self-surrendering, though, comes from Jesus. Like, he didn't just walk the walk here. Like, he didn't just talk the talk. He walked the walk. It, It wasn't something that he just said, Do as I say, not as I do, as I tell my kids, right? He first did it. And how did he do? The night before the crucifixion, Jesus surrendered himself to God's plan. He prayed, Father, everything is possible for you. 
Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will, not mine. Jesus didn't pray, God, if you're able to take away this pain, please do so. He had already affirmed that God could do anything. Instead, he prayed, God, if it is in your best interest to remove this suffering, please do so. But if it fulfills your purpose, that is what I want to. I'm going to invite the the worship band to come up here, and and we're going to kind of close this off, go home, hopefully a little early. But I don't want you guys to think that God only is a God that takes, takes, takes. He also gives. But we we don't serve him because of what he gives. I serve him because he is good. And because he is good, he has blessed me day after day after day, and he has not stopped yet. So there is a blessing in surrender, the blessing of surrender. I'm going to give you guys five quick points as to what we get when we surrender. And when you fully surrender, how do you benefit? One You get a deeper relationship with God. When we surrender to God and follow his will, we are demonstrating our trust and faith in him, which can lead to a deeper relationship with him. Number two, peace and contentment. Surrendering to God could bring a sense of peace and contentment because it means letting go of our stress and worry of trying to control everything in our lives. Three, greater purpose and meaning. When we surrender to God and follow his will, we can find greater purpose and meaning in our lives because we are living in accordance to his plan for us. Four, increased in spiritual growth. Surrendering to God and following his will can lead to increased spiritual growth because it requires us to rely on him and to trust his guidance and direction. And five, protection and provision. When we surrender to God and follow his will, he can provide for us and protect us in ways that we could not achieve on our own. Ultimately, the benefits of surrendering to God are numerous and they're very, and they depend on the individual and their unique circumstances. However, it is clear that surrendering to God and following his will can bring us closer. It could bring us peace. And contentment, it can lead us to greater spiritual growth and purpose in our lives. The world, what has the world given you? The world has given us anxiety and depression and lust and greed over someone else's social media reel. I was a youth pastor. And when I was a youth pastor, all I saw was depression. All I experienced was constantly praying for kids and students that will cut themselves, that will attempt suicide. That is the world and that is what they're giving this generation that is growing up. Surrender people are the ones that God uses. Nothing is more powerful than a surrender life in the hands of God. 
You want to make a difference in this world and other people? You want to make an impact in the life of others? You want God to use you? I'm going to say it again. Nothing is more powerful than a surrender life in the hands of God. So this morning, this year, would you give yourself completely to God? Let's begin this year on the right foot. Let this year be the year where you begin a relationship with God. Let's stop putting God on a shelf on Sundays when we're done. Let's begin to speak to him the rest of the week. Let's begin to listen to him the rest of the week. Let's begin a relationship with him the rest of the week and allow him in the areas of our lives that we have been blocking. Maybe this is your first time here. Maybe this is the first time that you came to a church and I said it before. I've been serving God too long to know in coincidence, to believe in coincidence. God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life. And the reason you're here this morning is because he wanted to speak to you directly and he wanted to put something in your heart. So I'm telling you, do not leave the same way you came in. Don't dare to walk out of those doors if you are feeling a tug, if you are feeling a pull from God because he is speaking directly to your life. So if this is the first time you're here, or maybe this is not, maybe you're, you're just like me when I was a kid. I was brought here and, and I just come here because... And, and then you hear God's voice. Or maybe you walked away. Maybe you were hurt by a church. And you decided to walk in here this morning. Whatever the situation is, God is speaking directly to your life. So I want to give a little bit of time. Just a little bit of time. As every eye is closed, every head bow right now. And if that is you this morning, if you're saying, God, I don't want to just know you on a Sunday and then leave. I want to know you each and every single day. I want to surrender my life. I don't know how right now is the opportunity. If that is you, would you raise your hand? If that is you. don't know or you might know but when someone gives their life this message could have been for one person for two people it doesn't <laughs> when someone gives their life the angels rejoice that is God working in someone's life that is God working in your life that is God working and doing something amazing and all of this was worth it for one life myself. I present the needs of others. God, I present to you the lives that raise their hands, that want to surrender themselves. Father, would you keep continuing and speaking to their lives? Lord, would you do something amazing in their lives as you cleanse? It is you, Jesus. It is you, Jesus, 
And if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have access to your presence. I wouldn't have access to your forgiveness. I wouldn't have access to you, God. So would you come into our lives? Would you clean us of everything that does not belong to you? Would you allow us to live for you this year? Would you allow us to start this year with you? Would you allow us to begin a new adventure, a new journey, a new relationship with you, God? Forgive my sins. Forgive my doubts. Forgive my mistakes. And allow my life to be a living sacrifice for you. As I give myself completely to you. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in this community, what you're doing in this city, what you're doing in this church. worship and we give you all the honor and all the praise in the name of Jesus amen and amen can we give God a big round of applause this morning God is so good God is so good listen we still got a few minutes to spare <laughs> so everybody come up here now <laughs> Thank you guys for, for joining us this morning. Thank you guys for taking the time to be with us this morning. I hope that we get to see you all next week. Go enjoy your families. Go, go in and set a plan for your life and allow God to use you directly this year. Let God do something amazing in your life. Amen and amen.